Hey, good afternoon to you and welcome to Rotary Matters. It's Ian Stewart and it's very nice to be with you again. Now, this is a program in which we look at some of the many worthy causes, the projects and the people who make up the world of a rotary. Now, chances are that you know a woman uh, whose quiet dedication to her community impresses you. She doesn't boast about it, however. She probably shuns the limelight and deflects the praise to others. She's quite self-effacing, but nonetheless she does deserve to be recognised and thanked for the vital contribution that she makes through her commitment, dedication, perseverance and proactivity. Well, today we're going to be meeting two such women thanks to the Rotary Inspirational Women's Awards, or RIWA as we call it. It's an initiative coordinated by female members of the Greater Sydney and Illawarra Rotary Clubs. What happens is that RIWA recognises service to the, community, to the community across all sectors in each geographical area of New South Wales and it's open to all women aged over 18. So we're going to be meeting Ray Ann Medforth, the chair of RIWA, police officer Sarah Bancroft from way down the south coast in Bega, and Glo- Global Peace Ambassador Fiba Framin. So please stay tuned for more about the Rotary Inspirational Women's Awards. A bit of background first to this program. So each week we endeavour to bring you an interview to explain and provide insight into a specific Rotary project. We could be hearing from an Australian building a school in Nepal or running an orphanage in Ethiopia. Close to home, we might focus on running a food bank in suburban Sydney, removing graffiti, starting a community garden, providing learning resources for schools, or providing disadvantaged children with insulin, pump, insulin pumps. Rotary is a worldwide organisation set up 110 years ago to foster the concept of service above self. Around the world you'll find 1.2 million members and 36,000 Rotary Clubs in 220 countries. Here in Australia we've got 26,000 Rotarians and 1,100 Clubs. Now, most Rotary Clubs meet weekly, in person or sometimes in a hybrid form and they devote their time to making the world a better place through a range of very worthy community service projects. So you're going to find Rotarians doing things like fighting disease, such as polio, malaria, providing clean water, sanitation and hygiene. They want to save mothers and children to support education, to grow local economies, to promote peace and to support the environment. Rotary is huge, it's everywhere, but it really gets the credit that it deserves. So welcome this afternoon to Rotary Matters. It's um, a great pleasure today to be talking about the Rotary Inspirational Women's Awards. And with us to discuss this, we've got Ray-Anne Medforth, who's the chair of this program. We have um, the overall winner from this year, Sarah Bancroft. And we've also got the Young Rotary Inspirational Women Award winner from last year, Fiba Framin. You'll be meeting each of those uh, in a few moments. But let me begin, please, with you, Rayanne. Give us a bit of background, if you would. What is uh, RIWA, or the Rotary Inspirational Women's Awards? What is it? Who conceived it? When did it start? How did it come about? Give us some background, if you would. It's been going for about um, eight years. There was a gap in between. So in its current format, it's been going for approximately five years. Um, I think it came around by a group of um, Rotarians in Sydney, who and Wollongong, who decided that um, they wanted an opportunity to actually recognise uh, women who are working in the community, um, who are not Rotarians, but are people who are actually 
um, serving their community and was our opportunity to provide them with recognition and draw, I suppose, put the spotlight on them. Because, I mean, so often there's um, we people who, like FIBA and like Sarah, are cruising along doing all their volunteer work, but it, it goes under the radar because people don't know what they're doing or they just take for granted that what is going on just happens to happen all by itself rather than having, you know, two women like this who are driving it from behind. So I think that's really, really important for us. Um, and certainly that was one of the reasons behind uh, conceiving it, the awards. And it's also an opportunity to raise the profile of Rotary as well in this format. And so, um, Rayanne, is this a program that is open to anybody in New South Wales or does it stretch further afield? Are there other uh, states the moment, involved? At the moment, it's just anyone in New South Wales, um, but as long as they're not Rotarians or Rotaractors. So okay. they, cannot, they can't participate. Okay, so... Um, how do people actually nominate or, or are they proposed by somebody else if they want to apply for an award? They're nominated by somebody else. So we don't accept self-nominations. Um, and so what we do is we reach out into our networks uh, using the various Rotary Clubs across the state. So while it's our district, for want of a better word, that um, 9675 that hosts it, there's, you know, for instance, um, Phoebe's in our district, but Sarah is in another district. So we reach out to all the the Rotary clubs across the state, asking them to, um, have they got anyone that they know, um, any organisations that they know that they might like to nominate. We also reach out to uh, previous finalists and previous and all the people who've nominated previously, as well as lots of different community organisations, politicians, councils, etc. So we go out as wide as we can seeking nominations. So do the nominees know that they are being nominated or does it come as a surprise to them? Some know, some don't know. So, for instance, some people, they don't tell their, uh, the person that they're nominating at all and the person finds out when they get a phone call to say, oh, by the way, you're a finalist. And they, <laughs> didn't, they didn't even know they were nominated. So there's people like that. There's other people that know. So it just depends on the relationship um, between the two. Uh, and some people like just like to nominate someone and then have it a few big surprise if they become a finalist. So, okay. So, um, how is the judging done, please, Rayanne? Uh, the judging is actually undertaken by what's called the district governors uh, in other districts. So, for non-Rotarian people, the district governor is like the CEO of the area. Um, and so, what we do is we ask the CEO or their delegates um, to uh, go to the judge to judge them. And we divide it up into the different groups. So different districts will judge different groups. Um, we, uh, in our area, in our district, we keep at arm's length. So because we've seen the nominations come in, we don't get involved in the nominating, in the uh, judging process. Okay. So what are the categories then within the different, within the um, Rotary Inspirational Women's Awards? So at the moment we have um, the Inspirational Woman, that's someone who's 30 plus. We've got the young inspirational woman, so that's from the ages of 18 to 30. Uh, and then we also now have health. So we have the young health um, and we have the uh, health from 30 plus. And the health we actually introduced last year with COVID coming in, et cetera, there were, you know, the healthcare workers were uh, or people working in the health sector were doing so much that it was an opportunity to actually recognise them as well, which has been good. And so is there an interview with the nominees? 
um, before we make a, a final selection? No, it's all done on the papers. There, there's, on occasion, if, it's, if there's a very tight uh, situation, um, there might be an interview, and I think Sarah's been in that situation. Um, yeah. But ordinarily it's done on the paper, so that's why I encourage people to write as much as they can about um, the person um, and describe it what it is that, that, that makes them special. I and mean, when you hear from Sarah and Phoebe today, you'll hear how special and what they're involved in, and it's marvellous. Well, Rayanne, thank you very much for backgrounding that for us. You've mentioned Sarah, who's um, waiting patiently um, in the wings. So this is Sarah Bancroft. You're the overall winner from 2021. Firstly, my congratulations to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would, Sarah, uh, where you live, the sort of job that you do and the kind of challenges that you face. Yeah, okay. So um, my name's Sarah. I'm, um, I'm a New South Wales police officer. And within that, I am a youth case manager for the Youth Crime Prevention Command. And I work on the um, far south coast of New South Wales. So I cover the area from under Naruma to the Victorian border. Um, and I live in that area too. So we're right down the about six hours from Sydney, long way away. Um, and yeah, I, um, so what I do is I work with young people, obviously, being a youth worker. I cover high schools. I cover um, programming, like preventative programming. Um, where I even do preschool talks, primary schools as well. So a bit of everything, really. Um, yeah, so I just work with youth in a capacity for the police force. So you're not attached to a particular uh, police station? So, no, although I'm in the area of the South Coast Police District, I'm attached to what's called the Crime Prevention and Youth Command, and we're across the state. So okay. our head office is in Sydney, but we have youth officers all across the state. So tell us, for example, what have you been doing today? Today? So today I actually, um, that's a good day to ask, I ran my um, boxing breakfast fitness program. Um, Sorry, you did what? You did what? <laughs> so we have a program called Fit for Life. Right. And um, it's a, I run it in Eden this morning and we, so we go, um, I start my day at six o'clock. We go down um, and we pick up kids between seven and seven 30. We transport them down to the footy oval because we don't have a big PCYC clubhouse here. And um, we, they do an hour fitness and boxing with a, a qualified fitness instructor. And then I have um, breakfast prepared by volunteers from our local Rotary Clubs and donated by local coals so they get a nutritious breakfast. So they've done an hour fitness, eat a nutritious breakfast, and then they're into school on time. So, so that was the start of my day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it sounds a very interesting aspect of police work that possibly the wider community are unaware that there are people in your role. I mean, the popular image of, of police is... is more attached to regular duties at a station rather than the community work, I think, that you're describing for us. It is true, but we're getting much more um, knowledge and recognition at mm -hmm. the moment. Um, the commissioner's focus at the moment that we've got is youth. So we're actually, so we work through PCYCs, and I'm sure everyone's heard of PCYCs. So um, they house us as youth case managers. Um, yeah, so, but we are getting more and more focus around what we're actually doing out there and the preventative work we're doing. And there's a lot of roles within the police force like this. And that's, there's a real push at the moment towards that community side. And to, uh, I guess, part of my role is breaking down that stigma of that uniform as well. So you had a very early start today and you've been. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've got a university collaboration after this too online. Oh, my goodness, mate. What are you studying? Psychology. Psychology. Oh, my goodness. Well, we do, we do appreciate you sparing some time to talk with us this evening and, lo- and lovely to meet you. Over and above your regular work, um, Sarah Bancroft, is there anything else that uh, keeps you occupied, keeps you busy that you'd like to comment on? Yeah, so I guess um, I, I was a bit shocked. I, I didn't know about my nominations. I actually got two nominations from people that I work with and they didn't even know each other was nominating. So that was really special to have that sort of recognised. Um, I guess I didn't really look at it. I looked at it as my job, whereas I didn't sort of look at it like everyone else is doing is that I go way above and beyond. So I've had to sit back and really um, take that into account. Uh, but, yeah, I guess... Um, the biggest part down here being like in a remote area and I'm a single operator. So I don't have capacity when it comes to programming and I don't have someone to work with. So it's about forming really strong relationships with all the agencies and other people in the area and working together. And I guess perhaps that's where one of my strengths is, is, is my personalities. I can form those relationships quite easily and, and keep them strong and we use that to work together to sort of deliver the best that we can for youth within this area. Um, Also just with the kids, I guess, consistency and reliability, it's something that I never falter on. If I'm not going to come, I don't ever just not show up. You will always get a message from me. And I think that's really big for the the youth that we're working with. Um, Yeah, that's okay. Plans change, but you have to let them know and things like that. So, um, and then, I'm just a very compassionate person, which is not normal for a police officer. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> I, 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 am, I am a very compassionate person and I really do care about the kids and really am trying to make a difference um, in their lives and make them realise that it doesn't matter what um, card life handed out to them, they can, they can change that, they can alter that. There's always opportunity, but a lot of the times they struggle to see that. So I guess I just want to be their eyes and show them that they really can yeah, make that change. So you you trained originally, I mean, in, in the regular way as a police officer. At, um, what was that, that? Did you go to a police training academy or how does, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. In 2007, I went to the police academy. So I'm coming up to 14 years in the police force. Um, yeah, I did normal general duties right. up in Sydney. And then I did um, four years out at Walgett, which is in three hours north of Dubbo, a remote um, community out there. And I did domestic violence and youth work whilst working out there, and that led the, led me to this role, which I've been in for the last six years down here on the far south coast. Sarah, this is very inspirational. Uh, Rayanne, you must be pleased and proud to be able to announce Sarah as the overall winner of the awards this year. Yeah, we certainly are, and um, I think we're just lucky every year we have such fantastic people who may not end up being the winners of the category, but there's just so many fantastic uh, women doing great jobs, um, and as you can see by Sarah and you'll hear from Seba, they're just wonderful um, and really, really go above and beyond what their ordinary lives may be. So that was uh, Sarah Bancroft we're hearing from then. Um, what an inspiring story that is, and what a lovely lady too. This is Triple H, 100.1 FM. The program is Rotary Matters. Okay, look, today we're talking about the Rotary Inspirational Women's Awards, and we're about to meet Fipa Framin, who won the Young Inspirational Women of the Year Award um, in 2020. And again, I was talking with Fiba uh, by Zoom. Fiba Framin, thank you very much for, enjoy- for joining us. Uh, Fiba is the 2020 uh, Young 
Rotary Inspirational Woman of the Year. Fiba from me, tell us a bit about yourself, please. Um, where do you live? What are you doing? Where do you work? Um, so I'm from Western Sydney. I live in Maryland within the Cumberland region. Um, in terms of work, I wear many hats. So my work revolves around the, around the community. So I'm a global peace ambassador, a multicultural ambassador at the City of Ryde, and I'm also a youth ambassador at the Multicultural Youth Affairs Network, um, New South Wales. Um, I'm also a United Nations volunteer, work very closely with culturally and linguistically diverse communities. I, I don't know how you have time in the day to do, to do all of those things. <laughs> tell us tell us something about what it is to be a global peace ambassador. So to be a global peace ambassador, I work very closely with young people and I, and I promote um, the United Nations Sustainable Development, especially um, promote peace building. Um, one initiative that I started after winning this award was a project called Walk to Rates. Project that I started is called it's called Walk to Rates Peace. Walk to Rates Peace. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And the, the project so the the project Walk to Rates Peace. Um, where I work closely with young people from culturally um, and linguistically diverse backgrounds of all ages. And um, so basically, what I do is I gather them on a month um, on a monthly basis, and we go on a hike on hiking. And in an outdoor setting, we I organize a peace circle. So people from all different walks of life come together to share um, to share their experiences and what peace means to them and also discuss um, the contemporary global issues and what we can do collectively to address them. So, so who actually employs you, FIBA? So um, with the Global Peace Ambassador, the, um, that's a voluntary role. That is The organization is called Global Peace Chain. Um, it's an international organization and... Um, yeah, even with my other organi- with my other roles as well, a lot of them are voluntary roles. Same goes for multicultural ambassador at the City of Fright. So um, with that, I am employed by the council and also a community-based organisation called Community Migrant Resource Centre. Right. And, and I also read that you are involved with the Global Youth Parliament. Tell us about yes, that. Yes, so with the Global Youth Parliament, I am the country coordinator for Australia, so Global Youth Parliament is an um, international youth movement which basically involves young people um, into political decision-making and advocacy. And it also promotes um, human rights and um, community work. So the organisation is based in Nepal, but they have chapters all across the country, um, all across the world. So, and what in, in, uh, within my capacity, capacity as a country coordinator, I, um, have, um, I have teams um, in different states and we, we run different projects. So one of the projects that I ran last year in collaboration with UNHCR, which is the UN um, refugee, Ag- um, refugee Agency, was the Global 555 um, Refugee Agency, was the Global 555 campaign. So with that campaign, um, I organized an event where um, all the members of the parliament came together and we, um, we um, supported that campaign. So the campaign consisted of, run- of walking five kilometers donating $5 um, and nominating five people to take on the challenge. And the money that was raised as part of that project was used for um, refugees in internally displaced camps. Um, And we supported them with, um, we supported them with sanitary items um, to basically protect them from the COVID-19 virus. And so did that 555 project, did that run just in Australia or did it go around the world? 
That's a global project. It's a global project. So um, did you know that you were being nominated for a Rotary Inspirational Women of the Year Award or did that come as a surprise for you? Oh, yes. It was, I was so, so surprised when I um, received the phone call. I, I initially thought it was somebody was pranking me and I didn't <laughs> think it was you at all. <laughs> um, th- that phone call came to me with a surprise, but even on the day, even on the uh, ceremony, uh, even on the ceremony, it was such a surprise because I not only won one award, but I also got, I also um, won two other awards as well. So I remember when I received the phone call um, informing me when I had been selected as a finalist for the overall winner. It was so, so surprising because um, all my community work, the um, the purpose behind my community work has never been recognition. It has always been driven by passion and dedication. So when I received that award, it was just really reassuring and it was um, a really humbling experience. Well, this is wonderful. And, and Ray, Rayanne, thank you very much for proposing both Sarah and FIBA for this conversation today, because it does show great diversity, does it not, oh. amongst the, the women who've uh, succeeded in getting an award from, uh, from Rotary. And you can hear, hear in how humble they are about what they do. Yes. Uh, they're both really surprised. I remember on this year when it was announced that Sarah won, there was much screaming going on on the Zoom because <laughs> it was a complete virtual. Um, it was a complete virtual thing this year. At least last year we were able to have a hybrid, so Fever was actually able to be physically in a room because we were just between lockdowns last year. But you know, you can certainly see how humble they are about all the work that they actually undertake, and I think that focuses on what the awards are about: is recognizing people who don't they they do the the work for their their passion. Um, they undertake the community service for their passion, not for recognition, but we've got that opportunity to recognise. Absolutely. And, and I hope through Rotary Matters, this radio program, we can extend the recognition in the community of the great work that uh, is being done uh, by Sarah, by FIBA and the other winners of the uh, Inspirational Women's Awards. Thank you all very, very much indeed for taking time today to uh, talk with me about this. And um, Sarah and Fiba, I wish you every success in your in your careers and the wonderful work that you're doing. It's very it's inspiring to hear it, and um, you certainly deserve the awards that you received. So, on behalf of Rotary Matters, thank you very much indeed.